Hello, this is Lisa LaRose on Connect to Love on PRNFM. And I'm so grateful that you're joining us today. We have a very special uh, get-together with the wonderful Michael J. Ruff, founder of Life Move Podcast, and also Scott Robinson, who joined us not that long ago. And if you listened to our last show by, by chance, we talked about a wonderful word called Mama Wista. And Michael does a much better job, but it means if one word sums up seven, it was our universal connection to everyone and everything. And you know, continuing on that conversation, uh, I, there's a, an author who wrote a book called The Light Between Us, and she said, nobody lives a small life. No one is forgotten by the universe. All of us can greatly brighten the world. And when I read those words, it made me think of the Tibetan monks that I watched create a sand mandala, not just once, but many times. And, you know, what's so fascinating about this painstaking art, it's basically to teach us impermanence, that these millions of grains Mm. of sand are painstakingly placed through a a very tiny metal funnel that is used. They use a a stick to basically rub the metal surface on this rod, and the vibration places the sand on this intricate design. And it usually takes, you know, anywhere from three to seven days for them to create it. And when it's done, they literally deconstruct it by sweeping all the grains of sand together and then uh, taking it out the door and finding it swing to a body of water somewhere. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just thought about that, of, of how in this world, you know, we're only here for a short time, but as we are like those million grains of sand, we blend together, we're connected by that beautiful word. So welcome, Michael, and welcome, Scott. I'm excited for this exploration. And uh, so, uh, you know, Michael, will you do me the honor? Because you say it so much better than I do. Mama Wiska, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's Mama Wiska. Uh, Mama Wiska. Uh, and uh, you, I think you were fine. You were fine with it. Great. Um, yeah, we are one in, in the universe. That's a fabulous, fabulous uh, um, concept. Um, we have a reality that we that we have that we forget about. So yeah, awesome. Right. It, well, we were talking about think, that last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And we were ta- also talking about how the frequency of the heart connects us to others long after they pass over. And that's why we're so delighted to have Scott Robinson, founder of Lightstream Healing. Welcome, Scott. How are you today? Thank you, Lisa. Nice to hear from you. And Michael, nice to see you again. I'm doing great yeah. today. I'm doing wonderful. Um, perfect topic, um, especially if we're going to explore a little bit about mediumship, which really uh, the topic of love is all about a magnetic attraction toward oneness, right? And that, that's what our universe mm-hmm. is, the universe of love. Um, when When I talk about my reading and doing mediumship, it's really just a person is still being attracted somewhat to the earth plane and to humanity, and that we're able to be one with them, even if they've crossed over. 
and were able to communicate with them and receive messages from them and really interact with them much the same that we might do in everyday life. That's, Wonderful. That's yeah, and, and for for many of us, I, you know, I think we um, had talked about how sometimes you know you have signs from those individuals. Now, for you, Scott, uh, when you're working with somebody, a client, somebody that comes to you, and uh, could you just explain to the audience a little bit about what you sense or what you feel or how a loved one might come through? in a session with you? Sure, I'd be glad to. So oftentimes what happens, I would say most of the time what happens, um, I will be doing a reading with someone, I'm a clairvoyant, clairsentient, medical intuitive, uh, et cetera, and as the reading goes on, I will get a sense of an, of an entity, a person um, trying to approach the reading. And when I say approach the reading, I mean, approach the little auric egg that we've built around ourselves, myself and the person I'm reading or multiple people if I'm reading them. And this energy is trying to enter, if you will. Um, and it's really there, of course. It's just trying to become known. And so I'll begin to sense oftentimes uh, somebody approaching, and there's a certain point in the aura where I look for people who have crossed over um, where they might be located, where I can see them more clearly. Um, and at that point, usually what I'm looking at, if it's a big round or oval egg, it's up near the top of that oval egg, a little little bit off-center towards the right-hand side. I know that sounds weird. I don't know why I'm sad, but that's the way it works for me. Um, and so as I look there and as I sit that person, I'll tell the person, well, someone's trying to come through here, it feels like to me. And as I focus my attention, my psychic attention toward that area, I'll begin to get a sense male, female, and then quite oftentimes someone will just kind of pop in, and there they are. And so I'll describe this person to the person I'm reading. You know, they'll always, what I've found is, there'll always be an emphasis on some aspect of that person physically, for instance, that's, that that denotes that person. We all have physical characteristics that everybody knows. It's almost like a caricature. And I'll tell this person what I'm seeing. They say, oh, and, and then sometimes the people that come in will actually give me their name um, or they'll, you know, I'll get a sense that it's a grandmotherly energy or a brotherly energy, et cetera. And quite quickly we'll get down to the person that it is, and the more we get to it, the more clear they become. And I'll see this person and then describe them to the person I'm reading, and then that connection is very solid then. But we can get messages across, sometimes by word, sometimes usually telepathically and, and by sign, um, get messages across from the person that's passed over to the person that's being read. And they come in oftentimes for that very reason, of course, but to see them because they are a loved one. And so there's an energetic bond of love that is attracting them to the person. Right. If we're getting back to the theme of the show is about magnetic attraction of love. So that's what causes that mediumship to take place. Now, many times the person I see, they'll say, well, I don't, you know, it'll be like, say it's a grandmotherly feel. Well, I don't really know her. Well, it can be a great grandmother they've never met. This is quite common, actually. Someone they've never met but is related to them spiritually on the spiritual level. And so just because we haven't wow. met our great-great-grandmother 
she will oftentimes come through on a reading because we're all interconnected. Everything is one, and there's no such thing as time per se. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's said. Go ahead. It is. Such a time that we don't oh. really um, understand, right? I mean, it's like people um, – it's something you have to wrap your, your, your mind around and be open to. Um, the, the, the reality that we live in is so, uh, can be so harsh um, for people uh, and that the latitude of thinking that they is, 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 it's a challenge for them to, to, um, to have the lateral thinking that would embrace such an idea. Um, the, the question I have is... Is there, a, is there a specific, is there something going on in our world today that has, um, that it has increased uh, the, the need or desire for what you do? Is, is there a connection there at all? I believe absolutely there is. It has to do with the ray energy present for one thing. Um, everything is in cycles, you know, everything operates in cycles, large and small. Some of them so mm-hmm. large and big we don't even see them because they're too huge or large for us to notice, right? Um, other ones less so, like days of our lives, years of our lives, etc. We can see those cycles. But I do believe that there's cyclic energy right now that's available in a stronger manner than maybe has ever been available before. And it's the seventh ray of uh, so-called ceremonial magic. What it really is is uh, the uh, spiritual energy and material energy is coming closer together than it's ever been. And that seventh ray, which is now impinging itself within our whole consciousness, allows that to happen more easily than at any other time. Spirit and matter come together to create a third thing. Spirit comes, approaches matter, us, let's say, in a way that then creates or bursts the third thing, which is the person that we're seeing. Or, now this can also apply to concepts, but right now we're talking primarily about mediumship, but conceptually if we see a vision per se, then the same thing is happening. What I tell a lot of people, of course people ask me, well how do I access my psychic abilities? And I do believe everybody has psychic abilities. Um, They're almost easily accessed. They are accessible by everyone, but a lot of people, like you said earlier a moment ago, Michael, is that their lateral thinking is such that it's very hard for them to get into a zone where they can, you know, get a comfort zone around a different concept. And the one word, and we've all heard it before, is allow. Your imagination is, is a true thing. It's not a fake thing. It exists. And we have to allow our imaginations to be real for a moment. And the more we're able to do that, and the more this comes through. And so I tell young people, and I teach classes on mediumship, and I tell these people, when something comes through, just assume this, this for this moment, for tonight, just say, this is true. And it may be oddball, or it may be somebody you've never seen before, or nobody, just assume that it's true, because I tell you, 99 times out of 100, it is. It's about the consciousness that's trying to access it that is having problems. Beautiful. Wonderfully said. Wonderfully said. Thank you for that. I'm curious, Scott, because a lot of people may feel things, you know, could you go into a little bit about like 
some of the subtle energies or the you talked about that auric field so for for our audience members that may not understand what that is would you mind explaining a little bit about what you're seeing or the energies people emit that um, each one of us would have the ability to tune into yeah certainly I would and there's different ways that Again, I'm a clairvoyant. I've been a clairvoyant since I was the youngest child. I've always been clairvoyant. It's my, quote, go-to part of myself. I see pictures. I see things in my head. Um, early when I was younger, it was hard to believe in myself. I didn't allow my, I thought, well, you're being told as a child, that's your imagination. Don't, you know, you're not looking in reality. That's a, a bad thing to do to a child or anyone. But anyway, so what I see is a field of energy, perhaps, and Within in my own self, when I'm looking at it clairvoyantly, and by that I mean in my mind's eye, see that's a real place. And a lot of people say, "Well, that's mm-hmm. not a real place. You're just um, imagining that." Well, yes and no, but it is a real thing. That's where you have to allow. But what I see is a, I call it like an ovoid. I just see a, a an area of energy. When I'm when I do a reading, I'll tune in on the person. I'll see an area of energy around them, and that energy okay. contains colors. It contains like wind blowing the colors around through this auric egg, if you will. There's symbols that that I see, oftentimes animals or other things, or even streams, mountains, etc. That mean things intuitively. That's my intuition supplying a language for me to use to interpret what I'm really seeing with the person. So when you start to read or begin to access that, you just have to be open-minded about what you're seeing and realize that everything has a deeper symbolic meaning than what it may appear on the top. And so for me, that's where I start. Um, As you really, if you would want to know how to access that, for me, I mean, it's just natural. That's who I am. I've always been this. But I just get in a calm place, um, close my eyes. Usually, but I don't have to close my eyes. Oftentimes, read the eyes wide open, just kind of look up. I may have people that tell me, well, your hands are moving and doing certain things. Well, I guess they are. I don't know. Sometimes I'm not even aware of it. It's because I'm in that energy. I'm feeling that energy with my etheric body. That's my energy body. That's the real physical self. Because you can also see clairvoyantly, but you can also see etherically. And you can see etheric open or auras, and that's with your eyes wide open. And I'll look at a person, and under the right conditions, I'll see a big, what appears to be a shimmering soap bubble, let's say. Hmm. And on that bubble, you know, you know how that bubble, if you looked at one, you know, as it undulates, little colors swirl across it and all this, and it's undulating. That's kind of what I see around a people some, uh, sometimes. And there'll be primary colors there, there'll be other colors. Um, and that etheric vision is something that's becoming more and more common. Again, this is a result of the, of the energy of spirit and matter moving in a close proximity, closer than they've ever been in the history of this planet. And so that's why so much interest now in uh, spiritual things, in energetic learning, uh, you know, phases of understanding. People call it dimensions. Uh, that word... Yes and no has meaning for me. It doesn't have meaning for me. That's just the way I see things. And so that's happening more and more. It's becoming, quote, easier. But when people, all these things begin happening, they're happening now, 
there's also conflict with that within ourselves and within groups of people within the planet of a whole within our planet in relation to other planets etc that mixing of new energies that ability to see right now new energies causes conflict and much of what's going on on the planet now is a form of conflict which when resolved completely will be absolutely a peaceful oneness wouldn't that be amazing hmm. <laughs> something to yeah we got to get there quick for. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get there fast. Any way we can get a magic yeah. carpet to that to, to get us there? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, sure. we do indeed. It's, it's it's part of the evolutionary process where spirals yeah. were spiraling up, and we reach a certain point. Oh, I've I've arrived. Well, just look up above you, and there's continuing spirals. But yeah, you're you know Love during it. the heights of these various types of conflicts. That go on all around us within our own lives, etc. Um, during the height of that, it can seem chaotic and even hopeless, and it leads to much problems. But in the end, and the result will be a higher understanding, a an everlasting peace that has been described throughout history, and not just recent history. I mean, hundreds of thousands of years in the literature and in the signposts that we can see. This, this golden age, so to speak, it, that some people said was back in the 1500s. No, that was not it. It's coming now upon us as the seventh ray congeals and gets its full force into effect in the sign of Aquarius, which our Earth is now passing into. And, and so these things all come together. Um, you're going to have this so-called golden age. There's going to be, in much the same way in the past, Piscean age that we're coming out of, or really I've almost completely come out of now, where it was about the individual and about, you know, um, the strength of an individual to grasp their own direction and find their own individual God. Aquarius is about the group understanding. And we are approaching that and entering that. And there's going to be changes in our Earth society and humanity that we really can't even imagine now, and it's going to involve group understanding and with that group power, I love it. To, you know, that, that's where we're heading that's what's happening and again um, a lot of so-called conflict but if you look at it on the positive side the so-called conflict is really just a resolution of choppy waters so yeah that's kind of the way I see it a resolution a resolution yeah yeah, yeah. that's great And and I think our last conversations got you explained it as a birthing process and that, you know, that (laughs) it's not, you know, the result is amazing, but that the, you know, there is going to be some discomfort. And uh, I I don't remember where I I was reading it, but they they, uh, were a quote that talked about, you know, if you plant a seed in the desert, Yes, the seed is in soil, but it's also in hot sun. So it could be completely cooked. (laughs) And so it won't grow. And and I sort of thought about that. And I thought, well, you know, here, that's sort of what we're we're doing. We're planting seeds, but we're not, what can we do, um, you know, from an energetic standpoint, you know, if we plant those seeds so that they don't get cooked, so that we can flourish and 
really, you know, from a heart level connect and, um, you know, really bloom where we're planted, I guess, is, is what my question would be. Well, you know, if you, and that's a beautiful analogy, Lisa, and, and I think along the lines myself, you know, if we plant the seed, then we throw fertilizer into the area where the field is, so to speak. And in that field, the weeds are going to grow just as vigorously as the flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, one, the flowers eventually, being of a higher vibration than they simply are, um, well, in, at the end of the day, they will choke out the weeds. But during that process of growth, good and bad, so to speak, both flourish momentarily. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do believe, and personally I've always believed, we live in good. There's positivity. There's not ultimate. The ultimate end to all of us and to the universe, so to speak, is not bad. It's good. It is a resolution, as we were talking about, Michael, right? And so it resolves yes. towards the positive. It resolves toward the higher spiritual reality. That's a law of the universe. And so that's where we're heading now. Um, but during that process, like you said, that hot sun can, uh, can cause damage. And that hot sun is just pure spiritual energy that many people aren't prepared for now because they haven't incarnated in a body that's fully ready to accept that energy. I would say everyone, because we incarnate over and over. Every time we incarnate, reincarnate, we have slightly higher capabilities within our physical body because we've attracted to our etheric energy field particles of a slightly higher vibrational level than before. And this goes on and on over eons of time, millions upon millions of incarnations. And as this goes, we, suddenly we gather to ourselves slightly higher vibrational particles over and over and more and more. And the more we gather these particles, the higher of a vibration we're able to feel. That's why some of the very highest beings that still oversee our planet are unable to now incarnate in a physical body because there's simply not enough matter of a high enough vibrational frequency for them to gather a body into existence. So they exist only on the etheric etheric levels and higher, such as the Buddha. And this is what's going on. But we all are going in that direction. I love it. I think it's beautiful. Well, it's Yeah, we just have to get there. (laughs) (laughs) We We just have to get there. Yeah, we last week, uh, Scott, we were speaking about Michael's mother, who was really she's still in this in this world. She's a, a beautiful, amazing woman who really, um, I guess, set standards um, for you know, and, and as they they so Michael and his family traveled um, throughout the world as he was growing up, and his mother really. I guess, how would you word it, Michael? She um, set a precedent. Um, yeah, her, sort of her, uh, yeah, I guess the, the way I would probably describe it is that she uh, set a goal to, to, to make sure that we were exposed to um, as much of the world as possible uh, when we were younger uh, so that when we were older, we'd have the, the ultimate contrast between where we were and where we've been, and that it would help shape our uh, view of the world in, in a positive way. And I, I, I think she succeeded beyond all measure uh, because 
my view of looking at the world at this particular point and my brother and my sister are completely different than, than uh, others that we know, even in our own family. Uh, because, and, and it's, it's you, it, you know, I, I tell young people when I talk to them that you, you have to leave the nest. You have to jump out of the nest and go and experience uh, the unknown things that you go go to places. I'm I'm so in awe of people. I never backpacked around Europe because I never needed to. Uh, my family always made sure that we got on the plane from wherever we lived in Asia or Europe or Asia Minor. We got on a plane and, and we went to see places. And I went a couple places on my own. Um, however, uh, if you if you get together with a couple of people, young people get together uh, and and leave the United States and go travel to other um, to other worlds, other cultures. Uh, you you get a sense of the world that helps shape the idea of oneness. The issue, and I think the biggest challenge, is that it's it it is for some people a lot more of a challenge to develop a sense of oneness when you have nothing but division where you are. You have mm-hmm. to get out and meet other people and see that they're just like you and experience their culture and how different it is, it is from your own uh, in order to appreciate the concept of oneness. It, one thing I've always discovered, and that is that people around the world, no matter where they are, conflict areas, peaceful areas, doesn't matter where it is, um, whatever culture, Islamic, uh, Hindu, Buddhist, uh, Christian, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants the same thing. They want the ability to, they want the ability to get up in the morning, go make a living doing something they love and enjoy, and be able to, if they have a family, uh, ex- raise children that respect them and the world and and uh, have the ability to grow and be whoever it is they want to be. Um, that is that is a challenge in many areas of, of the world. Evidently, there are 27 conflicts going on around the world. I have no idea where the other 25 are. Uh, however, there's there's conflict, and as in, in, I thought of this when earlier, Scott, when you said it's resolution, um, and I think to myself, gosh, how long is this resolution going to last? You know, I mean, it may last for a hundred years. I mean, who knows? Like, we're 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 a, a speck of sand on a on a on a beach in the universe with regard to um, our planet, our cultures, and everything. We're just we're we're so highly insignificant when it comes to. Uh, the trillions of galaxies that exist out there in the world, and it's mind-blowing to think that that's what we've got. But we think we're all that is, and no, no, we're not. <laughs> and and it's like it's like, man, listen, you got to wrap your mind, you got to wrap your mind around it. No time, no space. You know, the past, present, the future all exist in the same in the same space, and their eyes start to glaze over, and you're like, what? You know, and, and then, you know, it's what you read in the paper. It's what you see on TV. It's what the people in your, in your community or your friends are talking about. And that's your world. Well, my mother didn't want, to, want that to be our world. She wanted us to have a bigger view of the world, and I think she succeeded. So uh, we're all shaped by our experiences and our, and our certain life circumstances and how we respond to them. And, and uh, I can say that uh, I have probably 
no exaggeration, forgot about more than most people have actually experienced. I forgot more experiences wow. than most people have had in their life. And I love, love it when I get together with my, my family, like I did this weekend in New Orleans, and uh, we sit down for dinner and we start talking about stuff that, you know, about where we were and what we did and how, you know, how that happened and finding out how my siblings uh, actually e- experienced it and we were this, in the same place at the same time. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's rather fun, rather fun. Oh. So, Scott, I, I would ask you then, you know, um, are these beings that you talked about that are um, not incarnate, but they're sort of watching over us, is it, are they working in the same way on our behalf? Good question. Yeah. They, they are. They're, there are super, super, super advanced beings that are that started in humanity and have advanced beyond that point. So are still take our planet under their care, so to speak. The Buddha being mm. one. Um, Christ, of course, still doing that in energy. Uh, the prophecies say he, that the Christ energy will return again, male or female, who knows. Um, but that energy is always present, and that is the energy of creative birth itself. That's the... That's a result of love. The Christ energy wow. is love. Because, you again, spirit and matter meet together and form a new body, a new entity, so to speak. Um, it's the birthing process that we talked about. And so these beings are watching over us, so to speak. Do they have day-to-day control in our lives? That, that you would ask, well, why is the world the way it is? It's because there's free will involved here. There's karma involved here, a thing which is you just don't willy-nilly, you just don't mess with that, so to speak. Christ was able to heal um, various people, and there's reports, you know, it's recorded that he did this and that. But what most people don't think about is whenever he did that, he took on tremendous amounts of karma, but he's such an advanced being, as is the Buddha and other beings, there's, there's many of them, they're so advanced, that they understand the total long-term ramifications of manipulating karma. But that, mm-hmm. that kind of power, so to speak, is not given to anybody. You earn it through your evolutionary process. We will all be that, uh, that, that being at some point in our development, in our total evolution as an entity, as a consciousness. But, but you know, it's, that kind of power is generally not allowed, and by allowed, it makes it sound like there's a police force watching. It doesn't work like that. It's just <laughs> simply that it's just simply that energy cannot be manipulated without an input of a certain other type of energy or force. And the only way we develop that is through evolution. That ability to manipulate force, an evolutionary gift, if you will. Sort of like the for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. <laughs> Is that in a nutshell? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, karma karma is, many people focus on, oh, it's bad karma or it's going to be an eye for an eye type karma. Karma is really nothing more than a leveling or a a oneness of an energy field, right? And if something comes in regardless of what that is within that field, within that aura of a person, a planet, a nation, whatever, and disrupts that, well, there's going to be a leveling, a settling down of that eventually. That's karma. 
And so, in good or bad, there's more good karma than there's bad karma. I'll argue that point with anyone. So, um, that's what that's what you know. Really, it means is is there's going to be a a juxtaposition between forces and energies, which allow for a oneness. And we're all striving toward that. The universe is striving toward that that day, if you will, when complete oneness is achieved. And after that, well, something else. But that that's what we're against. And that oneness already exists. And because it already exists, we're able to access it on certain levels and more and more and more now. And we access that area of oneness. And when you access the eternal now, which is oneness, then you have uh, also access and ability to have complete knowledge, right? Complete understanding, if you will. And that understanding leads to a complete identification with oneness. Wow. You got to love it. You got to love it. I mean, here's a, here's a question for you, Scott. I just have I just got a wondering this because the people that you give readings to, are they – are they getting it? Are they? Are their lives taking? Are their thought processes? I should say. Take, do they take a um, a different tack? Do they move in a different direction? Are they transformed by the by the information that you give them? I wish I could say yes. <laughs> but the truth is, the truth is, many people, many you know, people come to me for all types of. I'll answer any question about anything. And there are a lot of mm-hmm. questions that people have over and over again, money, relationship-type questions and all of that. And, but the truth of the matter is, is sometimes we all learn slowly and experientially, I believe. Now, I can give information yeah. which I believe yeah. is absolutely correct and will change this person's life. And I make suggestions as to, a, say, a field of meditation, a field of study, or to follow me more closely in some of the things that I teach that I know – I believe in all of my heart, because this is what I do, will change them forever. But a lot of people, you know, they hear the information, they're, wow, oh, my gosh, wow, that's so true. And, oh, yeah, they'll call me back up. You know, you're exactly 100% correct. This happened, that happened, this happened. I say, well, yes, thank you. You know, I mean, that's a validation, of course. But but did you learn anything? I'm thinking, did you learn anything from that, right? You know, did you access for a moment a belief system which just now stands outside of the current one that you possess? And so that's what I'm really trying to do and what you're trying to do, Michael, you're trying to do, Lisa, is we're trying to allow people, it's all about allowing, to access a different part of their knowing. And this show does that. You, you guys do that. I try to do that. And so many times when people, when I do read them, it does set them on a different course. Wow. You've got to want to do that. And, and the information's there. We take what we can use and we you know, discard the rest. So, yeah, to ask to That's your a good question, point, yeah. As to your question, yeah, yeah I, many I, times people change forever, you know, right. significant. They have an expansion of consciousness that leaves them never the same person that they were before. And when I see that in my own self and in others around me, or perhaps I feel like I've nudged somebody in that direction to help them achieve that, nothing makes me, gives me more fulfillment and satisfaction knowing that, you know, now someone is further along their own personal path than they were before, and that's also going to help me because they're going to drag me with them. 
I, I, I love that explanation, by the way. I, 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 it's, it's one thing um, that I know we want them to get it. We want them to get it. We want them, them to be forever changed and, and moving down. We want them to evolve, to go through a, 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 a shift uh, away from the 3D nightmare that exists out there of the drama and the toxicity and the negativity and all the information that is absolutely useless and uh, inconsequential to understand that there is a, a higher level they can live from where they can, they can um, uh, observe uh, what they're exposed to in a different and process it in a different way. And the one thing I understand is that not everything you say is going to be, or you tell someone is, is, is going to be uh, absorbed as, as a whole, that there may be a few bits and pieces that apply to them in their life right now, but they may not need the entirety of it for even another 10 or 20 years when, when they've right. reached a certain level of understanding uh, in their life. Um, Lisa, what is it that I, I know you do energy work and you do some other things. I'm going to pose the same question to you about you know people's own awareness and how they and and whether or not they they get it and they understand that they move closer to I guess if, if we're moving all towards closer to oneness, it begins obviously within us. Do you, do you feel or do you have people come back to you and kind of say, hey, this is kind of help me live a, a different life or a, a, a embrace a different kind of thinking? Oh, uh, 100%, Michael. It, you know what is so fascinating is, um, for me anyway, uh, one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn, and I'm sure Scott and even you, Michael, can uh, relate to this, is that you can't want something more for somebody than what they want for themselves. And so... Perfect. Oftentimes, when I offer insights or information or I have something that would be like the golden key, if that person is not ready to receive it, they won't even hear it, see it, touch it, whatever. However, a lot of times when I'm in a space, and, and I'm sure that, you know, sometimes, and I'm sure, you, Michael, you don't, probably realize, but I'm sure that you are channeling information that you share with individuals. Oh, I know I am. <laughs> there is yeah. something that comes through that doesn't make any sense to you whatsoever, but, you know, you, you think, well, you know what, I'm just going to say this. This is going to sound really strange. And, you know, I was actually doing a, a session with somebody that was a complete stranger at a, a class that I was participating in. And I looked at this man and I said, you're going to think I'm absolutely nuts. And I, I basically took this, it was almost like a staff from the ground. I could see it. And I put it in his hand and I said, you know, and as I'm putting this staff in your hand, I'm seeing all of these animals come around you and they're just, you know, they're alighting on your staff and they're on your shoulders. And he's he said to me that he was a, a naturalist park ranger. I knew nothing about him. And how I could, <laughs> you know, access that at that time. But I think, you know, what was the, the point of it? You could say, well, what was the point of, you know, connecting with that information? Um, you know, what I saw from him was his 
beautiful heart. It was that unconditional caring, not for just the animals and the planet, but it was for other people. That that was really who he came here to be. And he actually thanked me, and he said, you know, I really doubt sometimes that I took the right path because, you know, in society it's about achieving and, you know, you're, it's not a prestigious job. It's um, you know, more low key, and you're under sort of you're doing things behind the scenes. You're never really recognized. But for him, you know, it was the recognition of all of these creatures that came out and were sort of thanking him for the service that he did. And I'll never forget that. It just I still get a little bit choked up by it because um, you know it really matters. You know, everybody matters. Every person is an intricate piece of the puzzle and we all matter and we have talked about that many times so um so yeah <laughs> everything matters in the grand yeah. scheme of things I, it, it is the most amazing thing to wrap your mind around is that everything is interconnected and i was telling some of the other day and scott you can you can shed some light on, light on this i was told once that uh that it, it it's possible uh Actually, this person is pretty firm about it, and I'm not quite certain, uh, which is why I would love to have your opinion on it, that you haven't run into, everybody that you run into, the people you run into in this lifetime, um, whether even it's just bumping shoulders, grazing, or whatever, it's, it's very likely that you've run into them, that you've had an in, in, in a, a connection with them in a, in a different life, one of your past lives. What do you think about that, Doc? I think that's, a, yeah, I think that's, that's true because we, uh, again, this goes to the concept of groups, ever mm-hmm. larger groups that eventually will come back to oneness. Let's say the group of souls, the group that now occupies humanity on this planet at this point in the in the in the years, right? In this point in within the eons, this group of souls has as an entity itself, which it is, all the human souls that some people theorize as approximately, let's see, what was it, um, 13 billion, 14 billion or something at any one time in and out of mm-hmm. our nation represent one group. And this group has been traveling together as a group of souls, as a soul entity for eons, forever, uh, infinity. And so, yeah, so if we're on this planet now, at this time there's not only have we chosen this time to incarnate, we're incarnating with people that we these that come down individually that we've seen and met before and we've interacted with before, everyone. Other than, yeah, other I, than I, our I, existing soul group that, yeah, that's here to help us move forward. I've always been in love with the idea of uh, Michael Newton's idea. Uh, well, he's proposed in his book, but he's not the only one that, that we have, uh, that, that the people we know that are closest to us are not there by accident, <laughs> that, that we're helping I, I them and they're helping that. us. Yeah, they're helping us and we're helping them. 100%. And, you know, is the, you know, you can, you can carry that concept quite far in a lot of different directions. You know, is, you know, what, for instance, if, if someone is born infirm and very much unable to care for themselves and needs complete custodial care by someone else for that entire existence, this lifetime, so to speak, and make those all that poor person, you know, and all that. Well, how about the fact that that person as a soul chose to give the opportunity of caring to the person who's caring for them? And so they Spot made on. 
sacrifice yeah. in order to allow that to yeah. As a soul, that's what we will do. And see, now my whole body is buzzing, so that's a very potent truth right there, I feel. And so no kidding. we have to look at it on, on a larger, larger framework, right? So when we say bad or people, you know, there's naysayers and there's negativity out there and fear, which is based in fear, um, there's a positive spin to everything. There, virtually there's a positive spin to everything. I choose to try and be that. I'm not perfect. I have fearful moments. I I have anxiety, you know, like like everyone else on the planet. But I choose consciously to be positive and growing in the direction of oneness with God or the creation, whatever you want to call it. I choose mm-hmm. to be growing in that direction and identifying with that ultimately as a consciousness large enough to identify with the complete whole. Yeah. The mama yeah, the mama whiskey, right? you know, the oneness, the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. The challenge of life is 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 to keep is to maintain that mindset, to maintain that yeah. that that train of of thought. That's the challenge because there's so much easy to do when you're sitting up, uh, you know, on on a on a, on a ten thousand foot uh, monastery in in Nepal where you've got no outside distraction, um, <laughs> you know. Nobody right. telling you, hey, do the dishes, uh, you know, clean up your room. Uh, you know, why don't you ever mow the lawn? You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it, the, the, the challenge is to actually, I mean, these are real circumstances that occur to people every single day, you know. I mean, it, it, the, the beauty of it is, and I think about this all the time, is that, is, is that nothing is by accident, nothing. Mm-hmm. Is, is is an accident. Nothing is a coincidence. No. That there is a, a a structure, a divine structure, to to everything that occurs in in the universe, and it's it's a wild way to live. Where when you're actually embracing that twenty four seven, and it can shake you out of a, a that mindset, can shake you out of. A, a, uh, an anxious or situation or a situation where you're involved in drama and other things because they're really, in the grand scheme of things, insignificant. I, I tell people this all the time, the 24-hour rule is it isn't going to matter tomorrow. Don't, why, why invest personal uh, emotional capital in it today? Um, be very careful about how you dole out your, um, as I call it, emotional capital, your energy, your thoughts, your feelings, how much you commit uh, to situations and circumstances, seeing them in a different way gives you the choice to um, either commit or not commit, commit exactly what's necessary instead of overcommitting where you become exhausted and worn out by uh, what's happening. Um, I know people who, who and when I was living in California, who would in, engage in road rage because they were just, they couldn't control what was going on outside of them. And uh, that's just, uh, I mean, it's a shame. It happens in most major cities when you're stuck in a traffic jam that you didn't expect. Uh, however, it's moving beyond that initial um, low-frequency thinking to be able to, uh, to embrace uh, a higher consciousness and look outside the box. And maybe, you know what, maybe, the, maybe, you're, maybe you're stuck in that jam for a reason. Because if you weren't, you, you, you might have been engaged in something else that, you, that was uh, even more um, distasteful uh, to you. I mean, anything could happen. And I find that uh, engaging with people relationally connected, that really helps to understand, to, to, to adopt the mindset of why am I here and what's the, what's the reason why I'm connecting with this person? How can I help them? How can they help me? 
evolve into uh, in terms of consciousness, uh, even though you're dealing with some kind of 3D level situation. You know, you're returning a shirt or a pair of shoes. Um, those are just opportunities to engage with that person. And it's fun mm-hmm. um, to embrace that, uh, the Mama Wesco when it comes to that. It's so much fun. Uh, and I, I hope our listeners can, can, at least if they take nothing else from this, be able to engage with, consciously with people in real time, in the moment, present uh, moment, with people in a, in a, with a mindset of oneness instead of separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a saying by one of the Rinpoches, the Tibetan lamas, and he says that the root of your life problems become non-existent when you start to cherish others. And I thought so much about that, that, you know, when you, you look at somebody that really has meaning to you, and, and it may be because there's an accident or they're close to, to losing them on this earth plane, you know, that everything sort of falls away when you drop into that heart space and you cherish somebody. And, you know, I, I cherish this time with both of you and uh, with our audience. It is so powerful and so important uh, for us to connect and to really be in that space of oneness and to, to love one another. And, uh, Scott, I'd love for you to share with our audience members um, how they can get in touch with you and um, – uh, so would you please um, do yes. so? Thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram under Scott Robinson or Livestream Healing. Um, they, can, they can catch me there. I'm also on Facebook as Psychic Scott Robinson. And my telephone number, people can call me if they'd like to speak and make an appointment with me, 770-596-9656. Um, you can get in touch with any any of those ways. I'd love to hear from anyone. Um, when you were talking just a moment earlier, Mike, if I might just throw this in here about, um, you know, cause and effect and how that everything, there's no coincidence, which I totally believe these things. The, the beauty of cause and effect is that as you approach true love, you approach true intuition. And intuition means mm. there's no li- linearity of thought between cause and effect between there's no linearity of action between cause and effect. You have instant knowledge. That's what intuition is. So we should talk about that sometime. <laughs> it really goes all along with what we're saying today. So thank you guys for instant having me. knowledge. Really enjoyed that. The rain cloud of knowable things, the Akashic records are just a minor part of that. But that's, that's, that concept comes from that fact, that intuitional knowledge. We must well, I really I'm do appreciate so, you guys having me. Yeah. It, you know, I, I'm so grateful that you could join us, Scott, because I think that your message is so important, you know, to know that we are watched over, whether it be by angels or guides or teachers or masters that um, help enlighten us and sort of direct us and, you know, allowing us to have that free will to make mistakes. But, you know, we're sort of just like, you know, children, you know, that we we will make mistakes and not to beat ourselves up and to know that we can Mm -hmm. grow and, and, uh, and really connect and uh, you know I, Michael I'd love for your comment and, and you know, allow us to <laughs> hear what your thoughts are because you always have such a wonderful way of um, wrapping things up and, and summing things up isn't life amazing 
Isn't life absolutely amazing? Uh, I uh, can only say that uh, um, this has been one of those roomy moments where uh, there's something I do not know the knowing of which could change everything. Um, and a thing I embrace every single day, and I think it's a great way to live because it, there's always something that you can learn that's going to take you closer to um, what we're talking about today, to oneness, to uh, connection, the connection that you're looking for in your life, to bring you closer to um, to uh, connecting with someone you haven't connected with before, what you're really looking for in life. Uh, it, there's, there are opportunities out there every single day to because that's what when you when you put a wish out in the universe uh when you imagine as scott was talking about earlier the power of imagination imagination we're gonna have a show just on that by the way uh with with scott because that is a super powerful concept when you imagine and you bring it to life uh you you are actually um giving yourself the opportunity to to realize it you're manifesting it right there in real time it's really beautiful um, but you know, I, for our listeners out there, I just wanted to say, connect to life, connect to me, connect to love, connect to love uh, uh, podcast. If you want to hear this again, if you want to share this with someone, uh, Scott's wisdom is is amazing. So is yours, Lisa. And uh, I, I know that these shows deserve to be listened to a second, uh, or third, or fourth time because you're going to get something you didn't get before. Because as Scott said earlier. What you you may not be ready for everything that's being said at any given moment. Uh, however, when you're ready for it, I'm sure you'll be intuitively be guided to listen to the podcast. So please do and share it with other people if you can. All right. Thank See you on the Life Moves podcast. Beautiful. It's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, and life Thank you, and so it is. And blessings to you all. <laughs>